Thanks for joining us on the New Beginnings Podcast, where our goal is to help people connect with Christ. We hope you enjoy listening. Everybody say, the struggle is real. The struggle is real. Hashtag, everything hashtag? Hashtag struggles, we are in part two of this series. Uh, real quick poll, uh, how many of you are on Facebook? Real quick, raise your hands up. Okay, let's not be ashamed up in here. I know you all, okay, y'all are all something. Everybody on Facebook, let's try that again one more time with some courage of conviction, Facebook. Okay, how many tweet, any tweeters? Not, not as many tweeters. Fa- uh, Instas, you Graham. Is Graham the new Facebook or is Facebook coming back? Because Facebook Live is bringing it back, right? Anybody done Facebook Live yet? Where you're like, live? Yeah, there you go. Um, what? what what was Picto? What, what's the Pinterest? Pinterest? Yeah, yeah. I, I'll clear. I'm not an expert. I read them. I, anyway, I'm just kidding. Um, so, okay, how many are in? Uh, hey, y'all know there's a new one. I, my buddy got me on this new one. It's called Marco Polo. Anybody doing Marco Polo? Can yeah? There you go. Can get what? What? Um, Marco Polo is like um, better Snapchatting, I think. Cause like it don't just disappear. It, it, I don't want to get into that anyway. Um, so Marco Polo's where you can send like a quick little video of yourself and then send it to somebody and it's, it's, it works like that. So anyway, um, we are living in a world of technology and by nature of that, we're living in a world of social media now. And what social media has done is, is that it has created a new way for us to be tempted in ways we've never experienced before as a human race. I'm telling you, like, like if, if, I, if I pulled this sermon out 100 years ago, people wouldn't be able to make sense of it because they, they just lived in a totally different world. They weren't having access. We have access to information like we've never had before. We have access to people in a way that we've never had before. This is what we talked about last week. We have the ability right now to constantly watch and observe what every person's doing almost all the time. We can follow them on Twitter, follow their pictures, follow their Facebook, follow their, and we can follow them. And then here's the big problem. One of the big problems we're running into. Think about this. Let's say 150 years ago, if you were living, there was a decent chance that you would never travel more than maybe 100 miles from your hometown. There was a, a decent uh, you know, chance that you wouldn't ever like see other parts of the world. There was a decent chance that you would never know that many people, maybe beyond your hometown or village or community or whatever it was that you lived in. And the world was much smaller back then, wasn't it? Like everything was just kind of like to, to what you could immediately get your hands on. And now we have access to literally everybody on the planet almost. We can get into other continents, other countries, uh, and we can see what everybody in the world is doing at any given time. And here's, now here's the thing that it does. We used to not be able to compare ourselves to other people because we didn't have access to other people. And this incredible access we have to other people now, it, just, just by default human behavior, when you can constantly see what everybody else is doing, what everybody else is wearing, what everybody else is saying, you, you by default begin to compare their life to your life and comparison eventually leads to envy because there's always somebody in your mind at least that is prettier, smarter, has more, travels cooler, is in better places, better relationships, has better this or whatever. And so it leads to a life of envy. So it's the same old sinful nature that anybody could have gotten into 150 years ago. It's just a brand new platform in which it's introduced to us or, or, or through social media really forced upon us or even shoved down our throat to a certain degree. And so again, today we will kind of just kind of continue down this path. I just want you to be fully aware that you're living in a whole new world, a brand new era, and there are new things being presented to you that the human race has never 
had to experience before. And I just want you to be prepared for it. So like, I need you to know, this is not anti-technology. Bless God, I love some technology. Can we give an amen for air conditioning right now? Don't you love technology? Don't you love that like, you, you don't have to go to a library. There's a library on your laptop. Don't you love that you got indoor plumbing, that you don't have to go to an outhouse? Don't you love that like, you don't have to, you know, get you know, a letter sent via the Pony Express. You can just text somebody. It's just, the world is easier now. And I like so much of it, but in light of all the technology that we have, it's created new forms of temptation to us, particularly in the realm of social media. Everybody say hashtag. So in this realm, if you, because I had to like school some people last week because you didn't know what hashtags were, okay? So this is what hashtag is. So the series is hashtag struggles because when you tweet something, you send out a message. How many characters? 140 characters or less, you send out this message, but at the end of the message, you got to put a clever little hashtag something on it. And that's where this whole idea of hashtag struggles comes from. So I'm going to give you some examples just so you know what I'm talking about. Like this person said this, uh, I was dining alone and the waiter sang all by myself. Every time he passed by my table as if I wasn't feeling lonely enough, hashtag my weird waiter. Okay, so you got your message and then your hashtag is my weird waiter. Okay, so that's, all right, here, here's another one. My uncle always wraps birthday gifts in the obituaries to remind us of how lucky we are to celebrate another year. Hashtag my weird relative. Do we have, we have one more? We'll do, we'll, do, we'll do one more. Are you ready? Amanda sent this one out. Thank you, Amanda. I don't know how to respond to compliments. A guy once told me my hair looked nice and I responded, thanks, I grew it. Hashtag why I'm single. Hashtag. So this is where this is where the idea of hashtag comes from. It's the idea that we're going to send out a message, but on the end of it, it's hashtag something. Well, I need you to know this, that you are living in a world of social media, but hashtag, there's a struggle attached to it. Today, let's dive in. I want to give you three more problems that, that social media creates, and it's really all under one big problem. It's underneath the problem of social media is redefining and changing how we connect to one another. Let me say it again. Social media is changing and redefining how we connect to one another, and it is not a good thing. It is getting away from us. And so all the things I'm going to talk about have to do with how you interact with other people. And it's broke down into a few different categories. Number one is, problem number one is this, is we've redefined the idea of friendship. Think about this. Um, real quick, how many of you are on Facebook? Give me your hands back. Okay, now how many friends do you have on Facebook? Okay, the average person has 328 friends on Facebook. Okay, but how many of y'all actually have 328 friends? Yeah, so who are these people? But they're your friends. They're your friends. They, maybe they should come up with different categories, like friends, associates, people I think I may know. I met you once. You know, whatever it is. But they're all friends, right? And so we, we have friends. But now here's the deal. Basically, even though we have this many friends, most Americans say they actually only have two close friends. That's it. So you got on average 300-something people that are friends through social media, but in your heart, you're like, I really only have about two close friends and 25% of people, this is sad, 25% of people say they have no close friends. So that means 75% of the people making up the two. 
close friends category. And so we're living in a world where our friendships have been redefined and, and, and we just now, what used to be an acquaintance, a friend of a friend, somebody I met once, somebody at work that I don't even like, now they're on my social media and they are my friend. Or it's the other way around. We can follow people in pop culture and we can follow their Twitter and we are one of their, they'll know you. They don't, they don't know you. Like, so, but, like, but we're redefining what the term friend is. Not only are we just redefining what the term friend is, now we also, through social media, we have the power to do relationships on our own terms. I want you to think about that. Because I'll show it to you. Do y'all remember, you have to be, I'm, I'm 38 this year, you have to go back in time. If you're my age or older, this is what you remember. Do you remember when somebody called your house, you didn't know who it was? Remember, you didn't know it was a solicitor. You didn't know if it was that cute girl. You didn't know if it was, you had no idea. That phone rang. This is crazy. I mean, this is gonna blow some of y'all's minds. You would just have to pick it up and say hello. And it was like you were rolling the dice every time. You didn't know. You didn't know. And do you remember, (coughs) excuse me, do you remember when like caller ID came out? Was that expensive feature? You could get added back in the Dizay like that. Yeah, like you just had to roll the dice. You had no idea. See, like you're living, if you're a young person, you're living in a world where like when the person calls, you don't just answer the phone. Does anybody do that? Who would be so archaic to just answer the phone? What do you do when the phone rings? You look at it. Then what do you do? You contemplate. You're like, hmm, do I want to? I'm kind of busy. The show's on. I don't want to pause it. I don't, I... I don't even like them that much. Oh, I know what they're going to say. And then we choose whether we let it ride into, I'm just telling you, you never hit decline. What do you do? You turn the ringer off. That way they don't feel like, oh man, they just sent me to voicemail. Do with the junk. So you never, you just, you're busy. That's all they know. You're busy. So if you ever call, you'll never know. You never know. I could have just sent you straight to, but but like I turned my ringer off. You got to wait five rings. Okay. So my point is, is I get to dictate whether I want to talk to you or not. And then this is what we do. How many times do y'all do this? You, you, you're like, no, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk to that person. And so you let it go to voicemail. Then you immediately check the voicemail to see what they want. And then you got to wait some type of like unsaid amount of time before you text them back. Because you ain't calling them back. You're, just, you're laughing over there. You're like, that's what I do. Yeah, because you're like, do I even want to talk to them? But if I text them back... They'll know, oh, I'm just busy. I got their message, but oh yeah, do 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 you know, whatever. So this is like a human being that wanted to like talk to you and connect to you. You're like, mm, see, I have the power to do this relationship however I want, whenever I want. It's changed. See, back in the day, people, this is, this is nuts. People would just come over to your house. People, remember that? And you would be all excited. You'd be like, somebody's at their door. Somebody came to see us. You'd be all excited. Now somebody calls you. You're like, "Mm, I don't think so. So now we're dictating how we do our own type of, and and this is true across the board. We can click, you know, follow or unfollow. We can click like or just keep scrolling. Like your friends like going through something incredible. You're like, "Uh, just keep scrolling. You can just pass them by. You can like, not like. And now you can like, Mad face, happy face, heart, thumbs up. Now you got, you got more options now. I'm saying it's a whole new world than what it was just 12 months ago. Now we have 
options of how we can respond to you, but it's, it's still us doing it on our own terms. Here, here's another one that's really, really important. Social media, not only is it defining friendship differently, we have the power to do it on our own terms. Social media is now just invading how we relate to people that we're actually live present with. Y'all are waiting for me to explain that. Okay. Okay, have you ever, this is other people. Y'all have never done this before. Have you ever seen this though? Have you ever been at dinner and you got like a family of four and they're all sitting at the same table and they're all on their own device interacting with people who are somewhere else? You ever seen the family that sits in the same living room and they're all on their own screen and they're all present in the same room but yet trying to interact with people who are somewhere else. And this is this new dynamic where social media is allowing us to no longer be present with the people that we're actually with, but we're off somewhere else connecting to people that we don't even like that much. And so I'm I'm just telling you, there's a whole new dynamic in play. I, I, I want you to stop. Like, I want you to be so brutally aware of this stuff that you stop some of this stuff. So like, I want you to think of it in these terms. Can you imagine walking up to another human being, someone that you would deem a legitimate friend, And then while you try to talk to them and express your world and your life to them, can you imagine if they just pulled a book out and just started reading a book while you talk to them? That's what we do. We just got an electronic device instead of a book. And we think that'd be weird to do with a book, but we've made it completely normalized behavior for you to do it with a device. It's the same thing. You're live and present with real human beings. And yet you're off in your own little world of Facebook or, or, or social media or something. And you've got, and, and it's this addictive thing where you've got to make sure that you don't miss out on that latest funny cat video. Like the world will stop if I don't get fully in on and aware of what is going. Some of you do. You have what we call FOMO. Do you mind know what FOMO is? Yeah, it's a legitimate psychological thing now, apparently, and it's driven because of social media. FOMO is your fear of missing out. And you think because you're live and present with somebody else, something could be going on. Somebody could have bought a new outfit. Somebody could have taken a new trip. There could be a new funny video. It's a fail video. Those are my favorite where you see people like really just fall and smash their face or fall down and hurt themselves. It's just funny. And I I don't want to miss that. And so now I'm no longer even present with the people that I'm supposed to be present with. And so I just want to give you a solution. Can I give you the solution to this? It's, It's this. Wherever you are, be there, like wherever you are, like right now you're here, right? Be here. Spirit, soul, body, mind, emotion, all of it. Wherever you are, be present. And not just present, but like be engaged, be connected, be involved with what we're saying, what we're doing. Here's a shocker. Actually read someone's body language and facial expressions and their tone. Like recognize that you are actually present with a real person and be present and be engaged because social media, I'm telling you, it's changing the way that we look at, at friendship. It's, 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 it's us controlling how we dictate our friendships and then it's distracting us from the friendships that we are actually present with. I'm just giving you like this warning, like be aware, just be aware. Like something practical that you may want to consider doing is like turning off all your phones when you're at the dinner table. Well, let me back up. Actually have dinner together. Okay, so like as a family unit, 
have dinner together. And I know you can't do it every night of the week, but at least a couple, at least two or three. Bless God for some of you, one might be a miracle, but have dinner together as a family and then turn off all the phones, put them on silent, put them on the other room. I promise that cat video will still be there. When dinner is done, the world will not have stopped turning because you took a break from something. You will actually not miss out on anything. I did this with the news. Anybody ever do this with the news? Some of you are news junkies. Again, it's this technology and this constant feed of information. And you feel like you've got to know what's going on in the news every other hour. Or you're con- I'm t- Watch this. I dare you to do this. Take a total break from watching the news for like three months. Why are y'all shocked? Don't you, give, don't you give your pastor the business. Stop it. Because I'm right. I did this. I stopped watching the news for three months. I came back. You know what had changed? Nothing. Nothing changed. It's the same old, same old. You're not going to miss out. Don't worry about that. But wherever you are, I just encourage you, like wherever you are, be present. Listen to this. This is what the Bible says. Hebrews chapter 10, the writer of Hebrews says this. He says, and let us not neglect our meeting together. Everybody say together. Like together, like face to face, flesh and blood, people. He said, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do because they're on social media instead of being present where they're supposed to be, but rather be present, be engaged and encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And he's saying, hey, look, recognize that like the world is different for us. And for us, we need to like never neglect face to face, personal dynamic, personal relationship, being present and being engaged with one another. Listen to what John said. John said, dear children, Let us not merely say that we love one another, but let us show the truth by our actions. What he was saying is this, is like, you gotta love deeply. You gotta truly love people. And that needs to be something that where you're present to do. You need to be engaged with the people that you're actually living with and doing life together with. So again, wherever you are, be there. Ready? Number two is this. This is the second problem that, that really has been created. Number two is this, is we have found a new way to hide who we really are. Think about this. We now live in a world where we get to present what we want to the public and we get to kind of manage our, our public image, right? Think about this. When you have Facebook, you have a profile what? Picture. And like you get to dictate what picture that you put up there. Then you're careful to dictate what post that you put up there. And I guarantee you, like some of y'all are not putting up everything. You're not putting up when you got, because you have like the really good side of your face. And then you, you never put up the other side of your face. You know, like if your hair was jacked, you wouldn't put that up. If you, when you're really going through difficult things, like you don't always show what's really going on in your life. So now what we're doing is we're presenting this fake or false or inauthentic version of ourselves. Why? Because we control the image that we put out there. Isn't that in essence what's going on? Think about this. Everybody say selfie. All right, now I need you to confess before Jesus. How many of y'all occasionally put out a selfie? Go ahead and just, yep, before the Lord. Okay. Don't get condemned. I'm not here. But, but let me just, so like, okay, if you don't know what a selfie is, I don't know where you've been for the last 10 years, but Okay. A selfie is when you take a picture of yourself, hence the word selfie, and they got selfie sticks where you get really far away so you can get better shots because we wanted to master the art of taking pictures of our self. And, so it's, and, then, and then there's different ways to do a selfie. So if you don't know this, like this is self, selfie 101. This is a very basic selfie. So like, um, 
There's like the exotic selfie where like you're in an exotic location. Got to capture this. Everybody needs to know that I took this trip and I'm in this location because it'll just make me look cool, right? Or I'm with this special person. And so sometimes there's like a cool person because you ever like meet a cool person, you meet a celebrity, oh, I got to do a selfie with so-and-so and we take a picture and then we post it because it looks really cool. Um, there's the, I got invited to the big game selfie. You want to let everybody know you're at the big game and they are losers stuck at home watching on a television. There's the perfect couple selfie, right? You just got through with an argument. You're going to be in another one in 10 minutes, but right in the middle, perfect couple selfie. Um, and there, there's some more. The, the weirdest one, I, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't understand this. It's what we call duck face selfie. There's a thing where like, if, if you, you, you got to like look until squint your eyes a little bit and then you pout your lips out. It's called a duck. I don't get that. I don't get that. But then what we do is, is, and we have apps that we, so we take our selfie and then we run it through an app and we can take out red eye. We can take out blemishes. We can clean it up. If you're super narcissistic, you, you Photoshop that bad boy. You really clean it up. And so like, but it is, it's this way of saying, Hey everybody, it's me, but it's not really you. It's the polished version of you. It's not the raw, not the real, not the authentic. That's not what's real. That's just what you're putting out there. And that's your public appearance. And so we've lost this way to, of, of being authentic. We're hiding who we really are in life. And then here, here's again, what we do sometimes is we take on like, again, there's some hashtags I'm going to show you. So like what we'll do is, is we'll try to present an image. And so like we can go to the coffee shop and we got to make sure everything is just right. So we want the table just set right. So we have like our journal because we journal and we have our Bible and we have our coffee. And this is, what is this? Hashtag super spiritual guy. Or girl. I mean, you could be like hashtag, hashtag I'm spiritual. Bible, coffee, journal. God speaks to me and I write it down. Um, hashtag super mom. We're like, you know, like you got like this or the super dad, like you're doing the thing with the game or you're the super mom and you're doing it. And like, so like what they don't know is that you're stressed out. You just yelled at them kids. You're borderline depressed. You're angry at everybody. But for this one moment, super dad, super mom. Here's another one. Just the super hashtag super happy couple. And we present. And what I'm telling you is, is that we're losing something because here's the, here's the real temptation. The more and more that you present an altered image, the more you begin to lose who you really are. You lack the ability to be transparent and authentic in your present and future relationships because you've learned the art of masking everything. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. This is fascinating. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 says this. It's 1107 if you're taking medicine. And I am preaching better than you're amening me this morning. Um, Verse number one says this, and I, when I came to you, this is Paul, and he's just being real. He's just talking to people through this letter. He goes, I, when I came to you, brothers, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with this lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you, what? In weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message... I wasn't even very eloquent. I didn't even sound really good. But in demonstration of the spirit of the power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men or in how great I look, how articulated I am, how great my presentation was, but rather just simply in the power of God. What he was saying was this, and I need you to catch this. What he was saying was like this. Hey, when I came to you, like I, 
I didn't have everything together. I wasn't so polished as a preacher. Like, you know what I really knew? You know what the extent, and, and, and Paul went on to be probably the greatest Christian theologian ever. But, but he goes, at the time, you know when I came, I was like, man, look, this is what I got. I got Jesus is the Christ and he was crucified for you. And that's all I got. And I haven't figured out how to articulate that yet. And I don't even look that great. And I don't know how to put that out there. And I'm not lofty in my speech. As a matter of fact, you know what he, but he says something profound here. He goes, I came to you like in my weakness. Like I just put it out there like, hey, look, I'm, I'm broken here. I'm flawed here. You remember, I was the guy that was like tracking down Christians and throwing them in prison. And then when they killed Stephen, I was like, yeah, kill him. I'm broken. I'm a mess. I am flawed. I am a sinner in need of grace, just like us all. I am nothing. And he came, he said, I came to you in weakness and in fear and in trembling. And here's, here's the power that you need to understand. Please get this. You will never connect to other human beings with your inauthentic presentation. You will push them further away. You will actually connect to people in your weakness and in your brokenness. You ever look at people? You're like, man, they got it so together. Man, they, man, they really, man, they got the best marriage and they, their, their kids are sane and normal and I wish I had their kids or I wish I had their home and I wish, and they, they, every, does that make you feel like connected to them? No, you feel like you don't get them and you don't relate to them. And then all of a sudden what happens is then you begin to engage with somebody on a deep and personal level. And then you realize, you know what? They're jacked up just like I'm jacked up. They're weird just like I'm weird. They got daddy issues just like I got daddy issues. They, they got financial issues just like I got financial issues. And like what, what happens is this, is don't we connect to people when we find out we have similarities, not in our strengths, but in our weakness? Because we have similarities in our strengths, we compete with one another. When we have similarities in our weakness, we bond with one another. And yet in this world of social media, we become the masters of Photoshopping our lives and creating this inauthentic image. It does not work. Here's the solution to it. The solution is simply be authentic with all. Be transparent with most and be intimate with some. This is a Beth Moore quote, by the way. I should have put her name on there. My bad. Be authentic with all. Meaning like you should never have a relationship where you show something that's fake. That should never be on the table. There should never be an inauthentic. Now here's the deal. You should be transparent with some. So like, I don't want you to be like, hey, pastor told me to be authentic. So I'm going to go on a Facebook today and I'm going to air out all my dirty laundry. I'm going to air out. Everybody needs to know how jacked up I am. Pastor said, no, I did not. <laughs> don't nobody want you going on there and spraying your junk everywhere. You keep that to yourself. Then find an inner circle of people that love you and believe in you. And then you become transparent with them, not on social media, but face-to-face in personal relationship. And then at some point, you find this really, really inner circle. Think about Jesus like this. Jesus had thousands of people that followed him, right? He had the masses. If he sent out a tweet, tons of people would have gotten it, okay? But then he had this 12 disciples, right? That he was like, these are my boys. These are what I'm transparent with. This is where I really teach the goods and I'm going to set them up to lead the, the kingdom of God after I'm gone. But then inside of 12, you know, he had three. He had Peter, James, and John. He'd be like, I take these boys. Like, remember when I went to the mountain and like God spoke and there was a cloud? I didn't take them all there. I took James and John 
and Peter. And that's it. And remember when I went in the garden? And remember, I was like, like y'all stay here, but I'm going to take Peter. I, I, like, there's, there's some people that I'm even really, really close with, intimate even, if you might say. Like, that's how open and transparent I am. And that's what they all want you to think your life. So no interaction should ever lack authenticity. You should never put anything out there that is some kind of fake or, or, or photoshopped version of yourself. Be authentic to all. Be transparent with some and be intimate with a very, very select few people. And I promise when you do this, you will actually find deep and meaningful relationships because here's what they found in, in, in Facebook and social media and all the different stats. What they found is, is that the more engaged we are in social media, the lonelier we become. Let's keep going. Number three is this. Not only do we become lonelier, we become more overexposed and therefore numb to suffering. And I'm going to close on this one. Social media has done something weird to us. We used to not know when an earthquake hit a different country and people were dying and suffering. We used to not know when there was a war going on in a village in a so-and-so place in a far gone world. And, we, and now we know. We used to not know about this stuff and, and now we know. But here's the problem with knowing. Now we know too much. And we know so much that like we're just overwhelmed by it. Listen to this. This is so huge. Listen to this. Hold on, Joey. I'm gonna be a minute here. Just, just hang tight for me real quick. Your fingers are gonna get tired if you start playing now. So... Listen to this. The University of Michigan did this study, and this study was so fascinating. They tracked 30 years of interviews, okay, from 1979 to 2009. That's 30 years, right? And then what they did was they were checking, and they would give these students questions to figure out how empathetic they were. And so this is, like, I'll give you an example. This is something they would say to them. Um, they would say, like, hey, um, how well do you relate to this statement? I sometimes try to understand my friends better by imagining how things look from their perspective. And they would say, like, how well do you relate to that? How well do you connect with that? Here, here's another one. Um, I often have tender, concerned feelings for people less fortunate, fortunate than myself. And they'd be like, okay, let's see how you rate. Over the 30-year period from 1979 to 2009, they have seen a 40% decrease in empathy. So as, a, as, as an American culture, we're becoming less and less empathetic meaning our ability to have compassion and connect to the plight and suffering of those around us. It keeps going down. Now, here's the shocking part. They noticed that if you were following a line graph, that it kind of had a steady mark of going down. But when the introduction of social media hit, it took a dive and it began to go down drastically. Okay, Here, here's, here's some of the reasons why. Number one is this. Most forms of social media make us more obsessed with ourselves. Right? This is what they found. When they studied Facebook, what they realized was is that 80% of everything that you post is about you. Let me say that again. 80% of everything you post on the whole is about you. So your life is not about others. It's about you. And when you're concerned and focused about you, you're not concerned or focused about other people. Number, number two is this. I'm gonna go quick. Constantly using social media conditions us to care less about other people because we have become desensitized over time. Do you remember like, when, when certain news things would hit, remember when the girls, the, the, the 40 girls were kidnapped and then there was this big wave of like support and let's do something and let's rally. And, and you saw like this huge wave of like support on social media. And then all of a sudden, like, you're like, yeah, yeah. You know what happened? It was years. I think those just girls just got released. Maybe like years and years went by. And you know what? It was this huge wave of sympathy and, and kind of like outrage over it. You know how long it lasted? Two months. But after two months, those girls were still locked up. After two months, those girls were still enslaved. And we stopped caring because you know what else happened? Some new thing happened. 
and then another new. Remember when the ALS thing happened, when everybody was doing the ice bucket challenge? And like for six months, every celebrity, every person was dumping ice water on their head. You know, again, and it was huge. They raised millions of dollars and it was awesome for that fact. And it was cool that they were able to do so much. But I'm telling you, like shortly thereafter, you don't hear anything about it anymore. And so what I'm telling you is, it's like, it's, it's just one thing after the other. It's always a new wave of one more thing. And then you, you, you become paralyzed because you're like, I can't make a difference. The world's going to hell in a handbasket apparently. And I don't think I can do anything about it. And so we become paralyzed inoculated even. Number three is this. Social media presents its content as if all messages are equal. Think, okay, you can just do this real quick here. Don't do it right now. But when you go home, go through Facebook and just start doing this, right? Well, this is on a, this is on a phone. That's what this is. <laughs> if you're on your computer, you're doing this. Or two fingers, two fingers. So, but watch, because this is, this is what you'll find. You'll be like, uh, scroll, scroll, scroll. Ooh, guacamole recipe. Ooh, scroll, scroll, scroll. Ooh, football player beats up his girlfriend. Ooh, scroll, scroll. Funny cat video. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Uh, reporter gets beheaded. Ooh, ooh, scroll, scroll, scroll. And you're like, it's all the same. It's a picture with a headline for guacamole. It's a picture with a headline because someone was killed. Scroll, scroll, scroll. And I'm not telling you that Facebook is the devil and you all need to get off of it. I'm not the anti-technology guy. I promise I love technology. And I love the great things that Facebook allows you to do and some of these social media platforms allow you to do. There are ways that you can harness them for kingdom purposes. I'm just letting you be aware of what's actually going on around you that you might not be aware of. And it's that we're becoming desensitized to it. Number four is this. Technology can cause us to care less about others because we don't actually have to interact with them. You ever done this? You've done this before. You ever see somebody post something and you're like, ooh, scroll. Now, let's, okay, somebody just says, hey, I'm going through something terrible, something X, something whatever, and they tell you their sad story and what they're going through. What are you gonna do? You can hit like, sad face. You have technology, right? So maybe you can just like or sad face or whatever the appropriate response would be. You know what else you do though? You could actually pick up that phone and text them. And say, hey, just want you to love you, praying for you, so sorry about what you're going through. You, or here's the shocker, whoa, whoa. They have a different section of the, of the, of the phone called a phone. Okay, it's, it's the green one with the phone thing on it. And you can actually, I'm not lying, you can call people and talk to them through like these crazy airwaves. It's, it's nuts. So you could text them and that would be cool. You know what would be even better? Like, call them. Hey, man, how are you doing? Hey, what's going on? Hey, what, how are you hanging in there? Hey, is there anything I can do? Here, I'm gonna blow your mind. There's a map feature on there. This is the coolest thing in the world. It's called GPS. There's a map feature on there. You can actually put in their address. It will tell you how to get there. And you, I'm not lying. You can show up at their home and actually see their face. Can you imagine? Because you know what the difference is? The difference is, is like, I can actually sit with the person who is suffering. I can hug them. I can hold their hand. Sometimes I'm going to sit in silence because no words would even be appropriate. Just to cry with them, just to hold their hand, just to say, I remember I met with a woman who had lost her son and she said, okay, pastor, what you got? I said, I got nothing. This sucks. There's nothing. We cry together. That's it. Sometimes it's just pain. 
Sometimes your presence is so powerful. And you, but I'm telling you, there's a temptation just to keep scrolling. Because if I don't, because can you imagine the difference? If somebody says of what they're going through on Facebook, you can just keep scrolling. But if somebody came up to you and face to face said, hey, this is what I'm going through. You can't just be like, dear God, I'm out of here. <laughs> Scroll. No. All of a sudden, you have to look into their eyes and see and feel their pain and look at the tone and look at the and You got to be present. And I'm telling us, we're beginning to lose our ability to have empathy, to literally try to feel what they feel. And I'm telling you, it's, it's a problem. So the solution is here. The solution is don't let compassion stop until you're moved to action. Look, you can't do everything, but you should do something. And it shouldn't be something that just moves you for a moment. It should be something that moves you and it doesn't stop until you've actually acted upon it. Now, you can't do everything, but you should do something. So the next time you see something, do you know that the Greek word for compassion, it was this weird word and it had to do with like their bowels. <laughs> it was the way they described it. It was really weird. But it was actually the way of saying is compassion is when you feel things in your gut. Because you need to feel it in your gut. You need to feel it here. But see, through social media, we're not feeling it here anymore. We become desensitized because we've been inoculated by too much information. And I want you to go back to where you stop and pause and feel what they feel and feel it in your gut and know this, that compassion always moves you to action. Let me say that again. Compassion always moves you to action. If it's not, it wasn't compassion. Watch this. Look at what Jesus did. Matthew, I'm sorry, Mark chapter one, verse 40 says this. It says that a man with leprosy came and he knelt in front of Jesus. Now, if you don't know what leprosy is, leprosy was this, um, this disease by which they had no cure. Your skin was falling off. You were losing your limbs. There was no cure. You, you, in society, you were the pariah of society. No one could touch you. No one could hug you. Can you imagine living a life where you could not have physical touch? You could not be in regular social circles. Literally, as you went down the street, if you saw somebody coming, you had to change and go to the other side of the street and And then you had to say, leper, 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 to announce to everybody that you were so sick and had this disease that was incurable and you could not touch or connect with people. And so this guy, he comes and and, and he kneels before Jesus. He's desperate and he's begging Jesus to heal him. And he goes, if you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean. And the Bible says Jesus was what? Moved with compassion. Compassion requires action, requires movement. And then Jesus reached out and did what? This was audacious. You have no idea. Jesus totally broke the rules. So the rule, the rule said that guy was unclean. You cannot touch him. And Jesus is like, man, I made that rule. Hold on. Because as soon as I touch him, he won't be unclean anymore. It'll be all good. And Jesus broke the rules to engage, to be present, to be compassionate with this person. Here's another story. There's a story of these two blind men who see Jesus and they begin to call out to Jesus for help. And this is what it says in verse 34 of Matthew 20. It says, Jesus had compassion on them and he did what? He touched their eyes and immediately they received their sight and began to follow him. I just want you to know that like compassion must move you to action. And although you cannot do everything, you need to find something that you can do and don't stop feeling it into your gut to you actually go and do something. You might be able to pick up a phone. You might be able to go visit. You might be able to write a check, go online and donate. You can go visit. You can go serve. You can actually go and be present and engage with people. And I'm telling you, it is powerful. So let me close with this. Yeah, you can go. You won't get tired now. Hey, wherever you are, be present. When you're with people, put your phone away and engage with them. Don't lose your ability. I know young people who honestly say, I have a hard time having a conversation with people now. 
I know young people that say, I don't, know, I don't do well on the phone talking to people anymore. Why? Because you've trained yourself to only be able to text, to only be able to engage with likes and emojis. No, no, no. You can't lose your ability to articulate, to communicate. So wherever you are, be present. Hey, whoever you're with, be authentic. And lastly, whenever you can, be compassionate. Let's pray this morning. So Father, I pray in this digital crazy world that we live in, Lord God, I pray that you would help us to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. Lord God, help us to go and engage with the world around us, to be present, to love, to touch, to to help, to mend, to serve God, to do whatever it takes, to never hide behind the facades that we've created, but God, to be real, to be authentic, to be compassionate, and to be present and engaged, Lord God. Help us, we pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen, amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap this morning. Thanks again for listening to the New Beginnings Podcast. For more information on New Beginnings Church, please visit us online at nbchurch.tv.